0: Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio.
1: Welcome to World Spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. With Paul John Roach, Minister of Unity Church of Fort Worth in Fort Worth, Texas. Discover the universal principles present in all the world's religions and take an incredible journey to new understanding. Now, here's your host, Paul John Roach.
0: All right, so hello and welcome to World Spirituality on the Unity Online Radio Network. Yes, I'm Paul John Roach, your host, coming to you from Unity Church of Fort Worth in Fort Worth, Texas. If you're listening live, happy Mardi Gras. It's uh, it's that time of the year. Um, Healing and wholeness uh, are at the heart of the Unity message. Um, After all, the movement began with the physical healing of the co-founder Myrtle Fillmore as a result of a shift in consciousness. and, And this same spirit of... Uh, and quest for wholeness and wellness is found, I think, in most religions, and it's certainly a central part of Jesus' teaching, and not just his teaching, his demonstration as well. Today on our show is the author of the book, In Search of the Miraculous Healing into Consciousness, and she's the founder of the trademark Light-speed dalian method for health and consciousness, and this is a healing modality that identifies and erases old beliefs and self-sabotaging imprints from the body's cellular memory, and awakens one's innate intelligence, intuition, inner strength, and awareness. A self-described modern-day mystic and self-realized spiritual guide, um, Eliza uh, Mata. Dalian has been a guest on Deepak Chopra's XM Radio, on New Realities TV, and Conscious Talk Radio, and now on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. So it's a very great honour and pleasure to welcome uh, Marda to the show today. Welcome.
2: It's my pleasure, Paul, to be on the show with you.
0: Glad you're with us. Um, You know the title of the book is interesting uh, because of the phraseology. Uh, It calls us to move toward the miraculous and healing into consciousness. Um, uh, You know a a journey uh, inward into a greater recognition of who we are at the core of of, of our being. Um, And and let's talk about that. We are miracles right but in some way we're, we're cut off from that awareness for some reason.
2: Well, absolutely, absolutely right. And the the paradox—it is a paradox because, in a sense, we are searching for who we already are.
0: Yes.
2: And um, in in that sense, the journey becomes even more difficult because when, when we are living in the ocean and don't recognize that we are in the ocean. We feel we're being thrown out of the ocean. This is where all our heartaches begin, our pain, uh, our feeling of separation begins right there. And then we try to create concepts around oneness and concepts about, uh, you know, around how to achieve that oneness. Um, and the more concepts we create, the further away we go from our innate truth that we already are that oneness.
0: Yes. Of course, in a sense, it's a great gift, isn't it, to, to lose it? Because t- to lose it is also to find it. Um, a unity author, Eric Butterworth, said that the, the fall of man was, was really not a fall from grace, but rather a fall forward. You know, that we, we were given uh, this seeming paradox of separation so that we could have and experience the joy of coming home. And, you know, you can't have that if you're not aware of. A seeming separation in the first place. So, in a sense, it's it's one of God's uh, gifts. Uh, you know, in in the play of life, it's it's uh, it's a it's a way that we can return home in a in a glorious sense.
2: Absolutely, absolutely true. It's like we cannot see the writing um, uh, uh, on the white wall unless we have a blackboard. Right. So we need we need that blackboard, and and I think the blackboard, in a way, is our ego personality. And uh, we do need that ego personality and uh, to, to suffer through the pain of it to finally recognize that uh, once that personality is dropped, then we can experience a God, we can experience the oneness that we search for or the miraculous we search for.
0: You talk a lot about ego in your in your book, um, but not always in a negative sense. In fact, you say that uh, we, we need a, a strong ego, and it needs to be healed from its woundedness in, in order that it can uh, wisely and sanely um, surrender. And talk, talk about that, because I think in, in modern day, um, especially in new thought and new agey areas uh, uh, and Eastern philosophy, there's this idea that uh, we, we don't use the word death. Anymore, We substitute it with the word ego. And it's like the ego is this thing that has to be destroyed. Um, you, you don't necessarily subscribe to that, right?
2: No, no, definitely not. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting the way you put those two together, because in Sufi tradition, they actually um, call the mind the devil. And in a way, that what I call the ego mind is um, all the stories that we create uh, or the personality that we believe to be true. And uh, in my experience, especially as a healer as well, and uh, especially as someone who's developed a new healing method, um, I've seen over and over again that... It is impossible to come to a place of wholeness when there is a wound. And that wound is very strong. It's not physical. It's actually um, psychological, emotional. And that wound is so much, it's like a hole in our energy. And that is the ego personality that I talk about, which is the wounded ego, uh, and i describe it as wounded ego and, and that's the part of us that says i'm not good enough um, i'm a failure i'm afraid i can't do this so and in order for us to transform that we can't just start thinking positive thoughts because positive thoughts will be like putting a, a layer of um, a, a dressing on top of something that's that's uh, really rotten So what we need to do, first of all, we need to see the cause of why we think that I'm not good enough, why we think I'm wounded, why we think that that I'm lesser than, why do we need to compare, why do we have these emotions of jealousy and anger? And the moment we understand that, understand where it's stemming from, That's the moment of transformation where we step into the healthy part of the ego, which realizes that I'm self-sufficient, I can take care of myself, I don't depend on other people, and I do not need to manipulate in order to get my needs met.
0: Yes. You know, one of the words you use in the book also is is surrender. You know, we we surrender our humanness, our ego, our personality to to this larger whole, this larger presence of who we are in truth. And I... I think some people find that a little scary, you know, the idea of surrendering. It's it's not the American way. You know, we never surrender. We we always fight. Um, And, and, you know, so it's it's the idea of I'm relinquishing control, uh, and that that can be very frightening. So how how would you encourage people to, to look at that and reframe that idea of surrender?
2: Well, first of all, I think we need to understand the word in its, um, in its purity and its totality. It's not, surrender doesn't mean give in. Surrender means understand that there's something greater than you. And there's, some, there's another force that drives the whole universe. It drives the stars, the planet... And it's much, much greater than our little worlds that we've created around ourselves. And in order to be one with that world, to come to meet that world and understand that we're not separate, we need to let go of the ego. So the way the way I use the word surrender is more that it, it, it equals to the word of let, letting go. And to me... Uh, that's the that's the challenge that everybody faces because it's really difficult to let go and to surrender when we feel weak inside when the ego is wounded and 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 things that are in need and this is why it's absolutely necessary to strengthen that that ego to 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 heal it from its wounded state so that it can say, well, okay, I'm willing to uh, stand on my own feet and I'm willing to let go of this mind and the ego personality that I've created because I understand that there's something bigger than me. And in that moment, surrender. And also, Paul, surrendering, the ultimate place of surrendering, we need to understand why we're afraid to surrender because we're afraid of our survival. We're afraid of death. Yes. Yes. And that's the root of why we try to control and try to hold on to things, and we don't trust that existence is abundant and it can give us exactly what we need.
0: Absolutely. So in truth, we're we're becoming sane, aren't we? We're becoming. Uh, we're seeing that what we're giving up is, is is tiny in comparison to the the magnificence or. or um, uh, wonder of the, of the presence that, that is the truth of us so, so when, we're, when we're sane we're, we're quite willing to do that so in, in a sense when we buy into our personalities especially the wounded personality based on, on fear and, and the past it, it's, it's really a, for, a form of uh, insanity and how you referenced Sufism earlier I, th- I think many Sufi poets talk about that you know, that, uh, that there's a deeper level of craziness of, that is crazy wisdom if you like that is, that is sane. Than the, the, than the normal way we live our lives.
2: That's right, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the difficulty is also because early on we haven't been taught to look inside and to try to find that inner strength and inner knowing within ourselves. We've we're yeah. been tr- taught to look outside for answers. We've been taught to follow uh, outside guidance for answers, not understanding, not realizing that nobody can really guide what we need to do for our own life because each person's life is so unique. It's so, um, everybody brings their own unique gifts and they have had, we've all had our own journeys and our journeys have been very diverse, very different. We've traveled, some tra- people have traveled longer than others and have learned more and they've experienced more. So, and imagine a child who is born, having had, uh, you know, um, a long journey of travels and suddenly comes into the world um, being really wise and understanding, but then the people around do not um, understand where this child is coming from and therefore try to mold the the child consciousness into what they know, what they have created. And this is how we limit ourselves. This is how uh, actually... Um, you know our education system limits each individual from their greatness, from their potential, and from the joy because only the only way in my experience to find happiness and joy is to live who you truly are
0: it 's a bit like that image where you know the the old story about the lion being brought up by a uh, uh, sheep or whatever and, and learns to be a sheep you know and then sometime' yeah. a- sometime along the line uh, is reminded by a, a teacher or whatever um, that, no, you're, you're not a sheep, you know, you're a lion. And so you need to wake up and, and roar. And, and uh, I think this is true for all of us. There's, we, we're, we're fooled into thinking that we're, we're, we're less than that we're, who we truly are.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, you, you just uh, nailed, uh, nailed it right there because that's the moment where the ego becomes then healthy. Yeah. Once we realize I'm not, a, I'm not a sheep, I'm a lion. And my entire healing system is based on that principle. It, it, the The process of healing, the, that's why I call it healing, into consciousness, is to erase all those beliefs that keep us, you know, the sabotage, the the the, the shining light of consciousness where actually... The, the entire universe is because the moment you come to realize that I am simply consciousness and, and I'm not the, the body, I'm not my beliefs, I'm not my thoughts and emotions. Uh, once, once we realize that I am consciousness and I can never die, I'm deathless. Yes. I'm just changing forms in that there is there is a, a great explosion of joy And this is where the freedom of creativity comes in. Then a person is not afraid to be creative. Then they know that I'm not the one actually creating. Existence is creating through me. I'm just a vehicle. And therefore, I can expand as wide as the universe.
0: Yes. I love that phrase, a great explosion of joy. You know, it's it's a lovely idea, isn't it? And to be as large as the universe, you know, to set no limits because uh, God is very profligate in that sense. God gives us everything, and sometimes we we don't dare to claim that. You know, another image is, you know, we're in the palace of the king, but we're living in the basement, uh, sleeping on a pallet instead of the the beautiful bed that's our true inheritance. And and this is a wake up to to that awareness, to that greater awareness. uh, In our second segment i want to talk a little bit about what you call the the dalian method of of healing uh but uh, in the last couple of minutes here in this segment tell us a little bit about uh how you came to this understanding i know that you you were involved with uh the great teacher osho uh from way back uh, and, and uh, was that uh part of your uh, you know enlightenment process i presume
2: Oh, absolutely! I think uh, without him and his uh, wisdom and his meditation techniques, which I very religiously practiced uh, and very in a very focused way, without those, I wouldn't have had the experience of yeah. that explosion of joy as we talked about. So definitely, uh, Osho has been very, very uh, instrumental in. In everything that has happened for me in my transformation, and also very instrumental to uh, to what what I've come to understand as a as a human, because as you know, his work is so vast, and you know, he covers so so much That's ground. True. Yeah.
0: Yes. And in fact, since uh, you know his well, Ra- since Rajneesh died and, and sort of was transformed into Osho. Um, you know, it seems that it's, it's uh, become even more powerful because uh, it's less encumbered by, you know, some of the personality traits that, that the media seem to cling to. And, and now we just have the, uh, the, the messages purely f- through the, the, the old show books and everything. Um, okay. this, this seems to be a greater clarity now.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. When, when, you know, like you said, uh, when I point to the moon, don't bite on my finger, look at the moon. And yeah. uh, that's exactly what media was doing. And many people, you know, biting on the finger. So now the finger's not there, we can look at the moon.
0: <laughs> Very good. Unfortunately, this happens with all teachers, doesn't it? Uh, Absolutely. It certainly happened with Jesus. You know, we turned yes. Jesus into a divinity uh, uh, inclusive of itself, sort of a unique divinity. And, and Jesus always pointed to the fact that, you know, the, the kingdom of heaven is within you and the things that I do, uh, you could do too. And, and, and that's a little bit too radical, I think, for, for religionists, you know, but we're, we're more interested in spirituality, I think, here than, than we are in... In religion because religion tends to divide and, and spirituality and consciousness uh, bring things together I, i'm with uh, eliza uh Marta dalian she's a healer uh, author um the, uh, the the developer of the dalian method and we're going to talk about that in the second segment uh, if people want to uh, find you uh, what, what's your uh, web address
2: It's madadalian.com,
0: M-A-D-A-D-A-L-I-A-N.com. Okay, very good. All right, let's take a break and listen to these messages from Unity. And by the way, folks, if you like this show and other shows on the Unity uh, online network, please uh, click that donate button. Keep us on the air. We are the voice of an awakening world going to 115 countries worldwide, making a difference. And we're grateful for you uh, uh, listening to our show today. All right. Join us in a couple of minutes.
1: We now return to World Spirituality with Rev. Paul John Roach.
0: All right, welcome back to our show. I'm with Eliza Marder uh, Dalian, and so uh, we're talking about the Dalian method of of healing. And uh, in fact, we have, I want to know more about it. So let, let's talk about that method right now. Uh, what is it? Inc- what, you know, what is it exactly, Marta? Well, what
2: uh, what I discovered, um, Paul, is that normally in, in our in our um, uh, Field of healing and healthcare. We normally what we do is we we'll look at symptoms and we try to to fix the symptoms, so to speak. And yeah. what what I discovered is that this doesn't really uh, create a permanent transformation. And the only thing that creates a permanent transformation is consciousness. So what what um, I've been doing with this method is basically going into the unconscious layers of the energy, in other words, into the history of the person, to see where the problem originated and what's the initial imprint, the cause that is creating the blockage in the energy that uh, is happening in the present moment. And sometimes, well, most of the time, these are beliefs, thought patterns, repressed thoughts, Repressed emotions, and we are a bundle of repression, really, in our energy since our childhood, since even uh, other lifetimes. We have so many patterns that we've repressed. So this method goes into those patterns, goes into identifies those thought forms, and releases them from the entire body. In other words, the whole body gets detoxified from from the belief systems, from the uh, thought forms and emotions that create the make believe world of the ego, as we talked about it, the wounded ego. So, um, in a nutshell, it completely transforms that wounded ego into into a healthy state by bringing consciousness in, and as a result. The body follows. So, in other words, if there was a chronic pain, suddenly the chronic pain disappears. If there was a chronic illness, the illness disappears. I've I've been working with it um, with people one on one since um, 1997, and since the past uh, for five years, I've been working on developing a self-healing version of this method. And uh, currently finishing my second book, which will be the self-healing version of The Method with SED. And uh, I've been absolutely pleased and amazed how powerfully it helps people to do this for themselves. And I'm very excited to put this out because I think it's going to help many people to take the power back into their own hands and and do their own healing and come to just quickly release what's been, you know, that baggage that, that people carry, the, the fears, the sadness, the anger. Um, it's it just can very quickly release that from the body. Bring the light of consciousness to the forefront because consciousness is already within us. We don't have to create it. And with that, once you become conscious of something, you cannot fall back into unconsciousness and therefore so that that yeah therefore the transformation is permanent whatever shift happens is permanent
0: so you're saying that this is a one time thing then once once you move to that that next level of awareness that you, you don't slip back
2: well it's uh, it's a one time thing in the in a in a moment of whatever layer you're working with yeah, but right. we have had we have our unconscious is made of so many layers. What we call a shadow, what we call you know a darkness. All it is is that you know I, I bring a comparison to to a stack of books. So imagine a room which is stacked up to the ceiling with books, and those books are our thoughts, our emotions, our beliefs. And of course, you can't enter the room because it's it's all full of these things. And the moment. You start removing the books one by one, pile by pile. Suddenly, there's space that begins to open, and you can't remove all the books in, in you know in just one go. It, it, if you're asked to let go of all your beliefs um, in in just one one moment, you won't be able to do it because it's, it there needs to be an adjustment time. So once you remove a pile, then you can adjust to the empty space. Then you're excited to move another pile out. Then you're excited to move even, you know, bigger pile out to a moment where you realize that now I'm actually enjoying this empty space. Before, I was afraid of the empty space, so I was filling it up with information, with, you know, uh, books and reading and ideas. And uh, I was repressing my thoughts and emotions because I was afraid I'd be rejected. And, of course, we have all those social fears that prevent us from being authentic with ourselves and saying what we really truly feel and think. So all those repressions released, you find that empty space within yourself. And in that space, you realize that I'm not separate from the universe, because the whole universe is an empty space. It's like you remove the walls of the room. The space within the room does not change. It's always the same space. So this is what this method does. Basically, it helps to remove the walls and remove the books.
0: And that's very true, isn't it? The space remains the same. I I love that idea. Uh, And we self-create our own uh, limits, if you like, our own... um, boxes or wall, uh, you know, rooms where we, we feel that is reality. Um, I remember when I was first uh, traveling in India back in the 70s, even at my uh you know callo um uh, ne- neophyte stage of my uh, spiritual path uh, i i remember laughing at a man because uh, i knew i knew it even at, even then that there was something wrong with this scenario he carried two backpacks you know one with the, all his uh, clothes and everything um and, and the second one was all his books and <laughs> and it seemed so obvious at the time you know that you know that there was a lesson there you know that we maybe we don't want to be carrying all these books with us uh, because uh, uh, you know, the, the tendency is then to you know, be immersed in the books and not look around us to see what is, uh, what's there to experience and, and part of this, I understand, is simply that, isn't it? it's allowing what is to be what it is you know, it's, it's, it's awakening to the present moment because so much of the, the fear and the, the woundedness is to do with the past or, or perhaps projections into the future but certainly not about being in the, in the moment, in the now
2: that, well, that, that's right, and to be in the moment, in the now, we need to have the courage, actually, to face all those things we're afraid of, and we don't want to feel and see. And that's why right. books are, are important. They're a good uh, uh, you know, step to begin understanding things, and that's why people write books. But But then it's very, very important to jump into an experience, and this is where meditations come in. And, you know, this is where uh, methods come in that people have brought in. And most of the time, uh, people who have understood that intellectual knowledge can only take you so far. And after that, you need absolutely to experience that knowledge so you can become an inner knowing. Those are the people who've invented methods and invented meditation techniques. And... Um, I find myself to be very practical in the way I teach because um, you can only go so far I can explain only so much and after that you won't be able to even understand because you need to experience it in order for you to say aha now I get it and I tell people sometimes I you know I, I I bring up fear of death a lot, because that's like the root of all our problems. And people say, well, I'm not afraid to die. And then when a situation arises, and I say, okay, if you're in Africa and a lion is after you, are you going to be afraid to die? So suddenly they stop and go, yeah, probably. So, you know, intellect doesn't really understand what does it mean to be afraid to die, but the body yes. knows it because it's died so many times, and every moment we die, each moment we, each, each moment we exhale, we die. and this is another key area with my healing method is that uh, I use exhalation, so expression and exhalation through the entire body, so that those things can be exhaled and released because anytime we're afraid, we hold our breath. Yes. So, it's it's basically so, undoing. Yeah.
0: It's basically, un- yeah, explain a little bit more. What do you mean, undoing?
2: Undoing the layers that we've accumulated, the layers of knowledge,
0: right.
1: the
2: layers of conditioning, layers of beliefs. Yes. That's what we have to peel away. And... Uh, this is what the Buddha said as well: peeling, peeling the layers of the onion. So um, another practical practical tool that I, I work with is the Osho active meditations, and um, uh, I myself have another um, active meditation called No Yes, which um, was um, which is a meditation based on the same principle of releasing the negative emotions releasing the, the the negative thoughts just by saying no for half an hour you get to be able to see how many repressed layers are in the body of every time that we we want to say no to something and we say yes because we'd like to be polite and we'd like to be kind uh, or we're afraid to hurt someone all those layers make us um, you know, accumulate inside and make us, in a way, artificial. We, we can't really live authentically, and we can't even say no to something, and therefore we can't say authentically yes. So we're muddled, yeah. and we're we don't know uh, well, how do I feel? Do I feel a no, or do I feel a yes? Uh, most people are not even sure what what they feel, what they need to do. There's a lot of confusion simply because of all these repressed layers, the clouds that covering the consciousness. So, once again, uh, books are great to start with, and then it's really important to go into practical experience of what the books are pointing to.
0: Absolutely, and then this course is what? Jesus was talking about when he said let your yes be yes and your no be no and and in unity you know we talk about the the twin angels that guard the portals of our consciousness which are the the angels of release and affirmation uh, of the ability to say no uh, and the ability to affirm yes and I, I think we're talking about the same the same language aren't we here the, the same cutting to the chase if you like you know because I think we can spend so much time analyzing our uh, blockages and our difficulties. And, and, and you're saying there's a, a more effective way, and that's going straight to headquarters, if you like, going straight to uh, consciousness, to, to the presence.
2: That's right. And also, Jesus said, uh, you know, when he was asked, who is going to enter the kingdom of God? And he pointed to a child, and he said, those who are like children. So it's yes. finding that that innocence within. Basically, all these things, all these methods are to help us come, to bring us back to our innocence. And the innocent child, the child playing, you know, the child can get angry one moment and the next second, suddenly, you know, they're all fine, <laughs> you know. And we, 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 and then we say, well, don't do this. This is not nice. And then the child starts doubting himself. And this is where we get all, you know, start learning to, to, to be confused with what's right, what's wrong, what should I do, what I should not do. I'm going to be judged and uh, criticized. I will not be loved and accepted. So all the muddled up thoughts are churning within our entire body.
0: Yes. What I like about your method, too, is that you, you you do ask us, to to look uh honestly and openly at at the blockages and and uh, the things that are a baggage in our lives because i think there's a danger in some circles of what john wellwood the great uh, psychologist and buddhist says is uh, spiritual bypassing you know where we we just go straight to spirit and say all is well i'm a spiritual being i don't have any problems anymore um and and you know the, like you said the subconscious the body uh, rebels against this sort of um false enlightenment because it knows it's, you know, it can't be true. Um, and, and so then there's another paradox, right? We, we have to look uh, faithfully at, at our blocks, but on the other hand uh, we've got to be able to surrender them and release them because they are in truth not, not the reality of who we are. It's a, it's a, it's a subtle thing, isn't it?
2: Oh, absolutely. That's, that's such an important point that you just raised. Absolutely. And I could say 99% Probably 99, 99.9% uh, of humanity thinks that they're getting it, but they're really not getting it because they're not experiencing it. But just like you said, bypassing, bypassing that intellect and actually um, having the true experience of spirituality versus talking about spirituality or talking about um, uh, uh, you know uh, balance and talking about oneness because... It's easy to talk about something. It's much more difficult to embody it, to live it.
0: Yes, absolutely. And you know the ego is good about fooling ourselves into thinking, as you said, that uh, we do get it, you know, we do understand it. Um, and you know, I don't have any problems anymore. But then, when we actually confronted with, say, death or or a tragedy, you know, it's a whole different story because we've moved from the the concept of it to to the the visceral reality of it, and and it's a lot different. So you know, uh, moving from from that. Uh, intellectual understanding to direct experiences is, 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 is a huge, a huge journey. All right, um, we're at the end of our second segment. Um, I, I'm with Eliza Marder-Dallian. Uh, we're talking about her book, In Search of the Miraculous, Healing into Consciousness, Her Methods of Healing, and uh, join us in, in a couple of minutes after these further messages from unity and we'll talk about some practical things that we could do in our lives today uh, to bring uh, more of that consciousness uh, into our own lives and have a joyous experience of of the presence Uh, join us in a couple of minutes
1: now back to world spirituality with reverend paul john roach
0: All right, welcome back to our show today. I'm with uh, Eliza marder Dalian. We're talking about uh, the method of healing that she has uh, uh, brought forth to, to us and, and her book, In Search of the Miraculous Healing into Consciousness. Um, and, and, you know, one of the essences of, of this healing method is the – The silence, isn't it? In unity, we talk about uh, going into the silence, and I think many, many religions uh, do. Um, I I remember Papaji, the great teacher of North India in the 90s, uh, would advise people simply to be quiet. You know, that that was uh, when they asked him, well, how do we become enlightened? He'd just say, be quiet. Um, And, uh, you know, it's so simple that we think now there's got to be more to it than that. But uh, silence is at the heart of all this, isn't it? Uh,
2: well, either. the si- silence is—that's the empty space that I was trying to describe. Yes. Uh, you know, however, it's—it's it's easy to just be be quiet and sit without any uh, outer noise. But as you know. The inner noise, the mind, is so busy, and that's what makes meditation so difficult for people, and finding, experiencing the silence makes it so difficult. And that's precisely why, actually, I I like the active meditations, because they allow for the body to relax before you can sit and experience very quickly that place of silence and stillness.
0: Yes. You talk about the three veils that... uh of illusion that sort of separates us from the, the presence or the, uh, cos- the, the great consciousness. Um, t- you want to talk about those a little bit?
2: Uh, yes. The, the three veils, the first veil, of course, uh, where most of our work is, um, happens is the personal um, veil of illusion, which means we look through our own personal history and look at the lessons that we need to learn and uh, look at how we identify with our thoughts and emotions and our patterns and our belief systems. The second veil of illusion is the, is the illusion that we live in without understanding or knowing that we're victims of the collective conditionings that we're part of. And we mechanically do those things, whatever the, the society we're born in, whatever the collective around us does, we mechanically do. So if we, if the collective says, this thing is good and this thing is bad, then we mechanically start thinking this is good and this is bad. So if, if the collective says, well, don't show your anger, it's bad, then obviously we hold back and we... Uh, repress and we don't show our anger and there, therefore we don't understand what makes me angry and why am I getting angry in the first place. So that uh, retards uh, our evolution, our transformation into consciousness. So we need to understand those things and break through those collective the collective layer that says this is socially acceptable, this is not socially acceptable, therefore um, you have to keep yourself under control. So once consciousness comes in, we we don't struggle with these things anymore. We naturally flow with it uh, without making it a big problem for ourselves. In other words, if I'm angry, I don't have to go and start uh, emoting in public. I simply understand that... What I need to do is to look inside and understand what, what, what creates my anger, what triggers my anger, what triggers my sadness, why am I feeling the way I'm feeling. Then I'm in a healthy way working with the personal veil of illusion and the collective veil of illusion. And then the third veil would be the cosmic, cosmic veil of illusion. And that is when we start looking into our past lives we need to see the patterns we're bringing in from other lifetimes. And we need to come to understand that we've also had lives as animals and, you know, uh, trees and um, et cetera. And lives that we've had even before we came to this planet. In other words, come to understand that once we break that cosmic veil of illusion, we understand that the universe is my home. Yes. I'm not separate from anywhere, and I can travel within the universe anywhere I want to go. That, that that understanding opens up completely all the doors. Then there's no more limitations. There's no, there's not even a need to say we're all one. And um, I'm one with the universe. You don't. This is where the absolute true silence and stillness happens, where you don't even need to say anything. You just live your life moment to moment in the now and with, without having any struggle with anything that comes and goes, because then you know that everything is temporary, everything comes and goes, and I just flow with it. Yes. Yeah. And I look at what existence is bringing me in this moment. What do I need to do? How do I need to shift? And changing course is not a problem. I can surrender the course I was going on when I feel that the wind is blowing another way. So that's what's called living in a moment to me. And we can come there once we realize that I am, that the whole universe is my home and only I can live my life. Nobody else can. Therefore, I don't need to try, um, you know, to try to be somebody else that I'm not, just in order to fit in.
0: Yes, beautifully put. And and you know it's the Zen idea of you know it's nothing special, right? When when we attain then this enlightened state, it's not like we're grasping at it and or trying to show how wonderful it is to others. It, it's just a normal everyday thing. It's it's uh, it's just we return to the natural. Um, presence of who we are that innocence of the child as you you put it earlier um and it's nothing special and yet in, in in a sense it's very very special right but because we're not looking at it in that way it it is um it is simply what it is it's it's natural it's um it's it's uh just a a regular state of being but but we're we're awake now we're um we're attentive in a very flexible and adaptable way
2: Exactly, precisely. And this is what, you know, the ordinary kind of chopping wood carrying water from the well, as I'll to put it. That, that's exactly um, what, what happens. And the only, the only big difference is that, that internal struggle disappears. Yes, there's no longer uh, anxiety, there's no longer angst, there's no longer discontent. It's just uh, everything is what is and, and you just live with what is. And of course, in that state doesn't mean that you do not contribute, that you cannot be creative. It actually it means that you can be absolutely creative. Because whenever Existence wants to create something, then you know I'm just a vehicle. And uh, I, I receive because I receive this thing whatever Existence wants me to create. And uh, I, I've been chosen as a vehicle because uh, Existence knows that I have certain skills that I've developed over lifetimes. Or over this lifetime or whatever. So because everybody brings a skill and obviously everybody's skill is necessary. That's how we create the orchestra with different instruments.
0: Well, if we uh, play the devil's advocate a moment and say, you know, there's people listening who are saying, oh, this sounds wonderful, but I'm not there yet. Um, Marta, give me some practical advice in a couple of minutes that I can use in my life this week to help me uh, shift my consciousness in this direction. What would you say to those people?
2: Well, first thing I would say, don't procrastinate because many people already know what they need to do and they procrastinate. Uh-huh. They say tomorrow, I'll start meditating tomorrow. I'll do this thing tomorrow. So the first thing is don't procrastinate, jump into situations and take risks and, and just take a risk to break your comfort zone, just to move out of your comfort zone and do things that you normally wouldn't do. That will already give you the experience of the moment. And, of course, meditation is absolutely essential. And, um, as you know, the the In Search of the Miraculous book is full of many little um, suggestions that people can do working with the thoughts, working with the emotions, working with the seven paths of surrender. So there's a lot of um, practical tools in the book as well. But the most important thing is take the courage to face whatever you have been procrastinating on facing and, and look at it and try to understand what is, what is the lesson here? What, co- what caused this? What is existence trying to tell me? What, what is behind my pain? What is behind my sadness? And even the body, it shows, gives so many symptoms through pain, through illness. It tells us where we need to look in order to transform. And, and we, we're so fixated on fixing the body's symptoms uh, rather than looking at what are the symptoms trying to tell me so I can learn my lessons. And once I've learned, the miracle is... Uh, and I can say this with 100% certainty because I've worked with people and I've seen this happen over and over and over again, the moment you see the lesson in behind the pain, the pain miraculously disappears.
0: Yeah. Yes, very good all right unfortunately we are at the end of our show I'm going to have to have you come back on again and talk some more this has been so fascinating Uh, before uh, we say goodbye though I want to tell you what's on next week and then there's also a special offer that uh, Marta's giving us Uh, next week Tibetan master uh, Shalpa Tenzin Rinpoche joins me to discuss his path and also his new book which is called Living Fully Finding Joy in Every Breath which seems like it's Really piggybacking on what we've just been talking about today, so that that should be good. Looking at it from a Tibetan Buddhist perspective as well, and the special offer is that if you buy uh, Mada's book and also the No Yes Active Meditation CD, uh, you can then register for a free personal mentoring teleclass. With, uh, with Marta. So that sounds interesting. So consider that too. Um, uh, but it's, in the meantime, I want to th- thank you for being on the show today. It's been extremely powerful and, and I've enjoyed it thoroughly.
2: Thanks so much, Paul. And same here and all the best. Yes,
0: Blessings. thank you. Blessings to you, and, and thanks, folks, for listening in. Uh, as I said, this is the voice of an awakening world. We're glad for your, for your presence uh, on the network, and, and certainly I'm glad when you tune in World Spirituality. And uh, join me next week uh, when we will have the Tibetan master, uh, Sayalpa Rinpoche, on the show, living fully, finding joy in every breath. And may you live in joy this week. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye now.
1: Thank you for tuning in to World Spirituality with Reverend Paul John Roach. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, to further examine the spiritual teachings and religious traditions of our world and to discover the universal truth principles present in all. World Spirituality, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world.